Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. Welcome to Money Making Women, Sean. Sean Kyra is a, what would you call yourself? A business coach? Business mentor. Business mentor. Okay. Is a business mentor and she runs um, a number of programs, which I'm going to get you to explain in more detail in a minute. Um, and I've been aware of Sean for a few years. We have mutual friends um, in the kind of small part of the internet. <laughs> where we all overlap with each other so much and what I have always admired about you Sean is that um you've really boldly gone for your for your audience so it seems to me anyway from the beginning like it feels like and I see lots of other um coaches really struggling to just own that they want to work with these people and that's who they want to work with and um you're such a beautiful example of speaking to your people and ignoring the rest not in a nice way in a nice way <laughs> I saw Rachel Rogers um shared that as a um me I don't think it was hers but it might have been I don't know who the meme was and it was like just speak to your people and ignore the rest and I just uh, that's such good advice even yeah. though it's quite hard so we're going to yeah. talk about that in a bit because it can be quite like for a number of reasons that can be quite tricky so tell us a bit about what you do So thank you so much for having me, Ray. I'm so excited for today. I'm always down for the money-making talk. So as you really nicely put it, um, I'm a business mentor for Asian female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So in in primarily, you know, um, well, I I like exclusively work with Asian women. And before that, so I've been doing business mentoring for around two to three years now. But before that, I was a luxury Asian wedding planner. So again, I really niche down into the Asian and luxury wedding planning market. But I stopped doing that. I went full time mentoring. I think it was beginning of 2019. So coming up to two years And really now my work has evolved a lot and I think it's going more towards the direction of mindset and cultural blocks for Asian women, which I am loving the journey. And, um, you know, I've got so much experience in business. So my background's online marketing. So I've worked for really big brands like back in corporate days. You know, things like Jaguar, Oldemore, you know, lots and lots of really big brands. So I've always had that online marketing experience. Mm-hmm. But what I found, especially in the last year, especially this year, 2020 pandemic year, um, and last year as well, is my work is really evolving towards mindset, self-worth, confidence, cultural barriers, cultural blocks. Um, and fear really and um, I think moving forward in 2021 you'll definitely be seeing a lot more of that and of course money as well like I have shied away from speaking exclusively about money as well but that's because of my own judgment and fear because I think in the Asian community in the Indian community like I do not know any like woman of color like Asian woman 
talking about money. Mm. And actually, when I did speak about money earlier this year, a few like weeks, week, well, actually, literally the week after I got some really client, like I got really badly trolled online. So I think it's really interesting, but I think I've made a decision actually that 2021 and beyond, I will be talking lots more about money. <laughs> how do you kind of, how have you got to that place knowing that culturally that that is going to bring some strong objections from people? How have you got to that place where you feel okay with that, with sharing that stuff? Yeah, so I'm like a recovering people pleaser mm-hmm. and um, a recovering recovering perfectionist. And what I realized this year, Ray, was that I, you know, I've had, for, for an Asian woman, like obviously in my business, I know we were discussing it before, I'm six figures plus, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I'm really, really big on saving and like building assets and wealth. And what I realized earlier this year was that I can still talk about money and people will be loving that content. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I've told it a couple of times, like on my stories where I've talked about it. And I've said, like, does this content like inspire you or is it not for you yet? And everyone's always like, oh, my God, it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. Um, and I think that. I have just got to a point now where I've just realized if I want to have an incredible impact on the world in terms of a global business for Asian female entrepreneurs, if I want to empower Asian women, I can't hide away. Like, you know, we have to show up as our authentic selves. And I guess the biggest block for me has always been that very fine line and you do it so beautifully, being humble and being braggy. And I know like when you share content, I've always felt really inspired because you do it in like such a beautiful way. And I think with the online coaching world, there's this whole thing about, oh, I had this like massive launch and yeah, I had like a million pound month or a million pound launch. And I think like there are people and people be like, oh, well, that's your own money stuff. But you know, there are people that come across braggy online and I'm really aware of that and I just don't want to be like that, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what it is for me? I think it's really boring. Yeah. (laughs) Someone says, I had an 100K launch. I'm like, cool. And what happened? Like, did you feel shit at stages? Did you feel a mate? Like what? I want to know, like that information on its own. I'm like, "Eh, cool, amazing. But yeah. I'm a bit like I want to know the nitty gritty of it, and I like what are the lessons and yeah. what were like you know like your past launches, yeah. yeah. And I think like I think this is where I will be getting going to, and I think that I think yeah, there's this this really, and I'm really aware like this year especially, you know, I'm an empath like human design, I'm a manifester, so like I felt really aware. Um, you know and there's like been some really horrible things that happened this year like obviously Black Lives Matters there was like the Sushant Singh um it was like this 
famous Bollywood actor got like murdered over the summer. That was really awful. Now there's like a farmer's protest going on in India. Like there's just been all this heaviness. And like, I have really sh- like shied away from sharing my numbers. I am going to, by the way, this year ends. But I think like you have to do it from an authentic way. And I think people can always see it when you're coming from a place of truth and authenticity. And I think it's really about deciding because if you just keep on shrinking, like, you know, you're not expressing yourself, you know, fully and authentically. And I think for us to be leaders, we have to walk our talk, you know, it's really important. Mm -hmm. So we've got to just go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, and it, but it can be so hard, can't it? Because like you said, like, you know, for all women, there's that fear of judgment. And then for other people, there are those intersections of like cultural stories or, you know, let's be, let's say what it is, just plain racism, all of those things that can come in, um, which sizism, ableism, all the things um, that make it, there's an extra layer to that. I think the biggest lesson for me with my, in my business, as a white woman was coaching people who weren't white around visibility mm. and realizing that, you know, I actually don't think we should say to white white women, just get over it and do it. But it's easier to say it to white women because actually the, um, the potential impact is different. Absolutely. And I think with, you know, women of color, especially Asian women, we have got like mindset and cultural blocks on another level. Like, you know, we have been conditioned from such a young age. Like, I just remember like my early memories are literally of my mum, like, being like well what will people think like it was simple things in my life like wearing makeup before I got married or cutting my hair or going to town with my white friends like my mum was like oh like always like when we were little like well you know what will people say and when you're conditioned poultry that you're programmed for like 30 years plus like you know all of that stuff comes up in business because you do have to put yourself out there but I just think there is such a clear correlation between visibility, income, and success and momentum. And you just have to make a decision that you're going to go all in, you know, but it's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. But I think what I love about what you do is that you are not, and I and I think that your niching allows you to do this in a really beautiful way. You're able to get into the nitty gritty of those things for your specific people. And yes, that's a cultural thing. And it's, um, for for what you do but it, it can't we other people who might not be wanting to to niche in that way can do it in terms of the uh fears people have like that you're yeah. speaking specific you know so for example what comes up a lot for my clients and I know as people are listening they're going to be like oh my god that's me is a feeling that we should be grateful for what we've got already yeah oh my god that comes up for me all the time yeah. And it's like this, this, again, a really fine line between being grateful for what we've got, but also striving for more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like even my husband, like I told him my launch numbers, like every time I've done a launch this year, and he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, we are in a pandemic. We are in a pandemic. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I want to still have goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So when you decided to kind of do your co- your mentoring and to kind of um, focus in the area of like of Asian women, of Indian women, was there ever a point for you? Like, was it just something that you were like, yeah, I'm going to do that? Or did you ever think, oh, is that too niche? Is that all right? Like, 
what what was your kind of like process within that? Yeah, so back in 2017, I set up a free Facebook group for Asian female entrepreneurs mainly because there wasn't any groups for Asian female entrepreneurs. And I just thought, you know what, this will be such a great tool for me to network for my wedding planning business. Mm -hmm. That was really the real reason I had no desire to do coaching or mentoring. Like it was not on my radar whatsoever. I actually wanted to build a luxury Asian wedding planning business like I wanted to have my own office in London I wanted to like travel the world and do destination weddings which we were doing um and then literally like a few months after opening that group up like in June 2017 I did my like first workshop in London and oh my god it was like so like scrappy it was like in the biscuit factory it was like the hottest day of the year I looked a complete mess I remember I was really burnt out around that time because it's heading into wedding season. I lost my voice towards the end of the day, which is awful. And then it just, you know, like after the workshop, like people were just raving about it. Like it was really weird. Like I got <laughs> 18 tickets, like a hundred pounds or something. Got 20, like 20 women were in the room and people just kept raving about it. And they were like, oh my God, these shine bright workshops are so amazing. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then um, we had another one in October in, and then the, in the following January. And like, really like the transformations just from a one day workshop were amazing. Like people posted in my group saying, oh yeah, I like opened my hair salon after I went to Sean's workshop. Like people were just raving about it. It was really like, I was like, oh, this is really amazing. And then I launched like my mastermind, um, I think like the year after. And again, it was like the same thing, like results were, I had no expectations, but results were just incredible. And really since then, I've, I've always, I've always just catered to the Asian market. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, my husband and a couple of people have said to me like, well, you know, if you just imagine if you could like coach all women or mentor all women you know with your experience and business and mindset and all of the things but I just it just doesn't feel right to me at this moment you know and you're never going to coach all women yeah you're like you're always going to be like niching in some way like just by having an opinion just by having a face and a way of dressing and a a style yeah Yeah, we are we are I always talk about attract and repel like we're repelling people yeah Um, and I think what you've said is so brilliant because what it sounds to me like is that a lot of this is about your ability to see those cultural blocks and in a way that those women will not be catered for in that way yeah and I think and I think also right there's like this kind of like it's kind of like a a misconception that like obviously like you know some people have these like you know thoughts and feelings around when women come together they're really bitchy and blah 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 Mm. it's the same for Asian women but it's like you know like I've grown up saying like oh you know when you have too many Asian friends they get bitchy they get jealous they get triggered and actually what I've created through my masterminds especially are like true sisterhoods and true community like the AFEC community is and there's been some groups online that have like 
you know, I think Asian women leading them and there's a lot of like bullying in there and a lot of trolling and shaming. Whereas with the AFEC community, it's just not like that. And I make a real effort, even if, you know, like I have someone leave my program or leave my membership or I'm really conscious, like on a day to day level to be really nice and compassionate to everyone. So if you ever like show up in my DMs or, you know, like I've had some people like complain about stuff in my free group. God, I don't know why, because it's a free group but people think they're entitled um I'll always be really nice to everyone um without within obviously the right boundaries but I think that's like another thing like that's why people are attract attracted to my programs and me because like it doesn't have that bitchy Asian culture and as women especially especially in the coaching industry we need to feel safe and supported and like that is such a big thing for Asian women because from young age we're conditioned like things aren't safe you know like environments aren't safe you know because of whatever so I think again like I can do that through my niching which is anyone can really do that so it's it's a really lovely thing and do you think that kind of um that side of things is like because I think we see that with women generally that we're pitted against each other it's a real patriarchy, mm. impact of the patriarchy I think that idea yeah. in order to keep like the best thing to do is divide and conquer right so if if because if women come together then we're really powerful and I think one of the things I love about that is that in in that kind of like divide and culture which I think divide and conquer not divide and culture divide and conquer which I think exists in a number of cultures because I think it's a patriarchal yeah like tell me obviously white lady here so tell me where I'm (laughs) from um but I think that what's really a, a kind of unintended consequence of that is that when women do come together and it, it there is kindness and empathy and respect and a reserving of judgment that it seems even more powerful to us because we're like what this isn't how it's supposed to be and it almost creates a kind of of more power in those communities because it's been taken away from us yeah I agree I agree completely and I think that's why like we see you know there's such a culture of like collaborating mm. and like like this year especially like I'm so touched by you know like Asian female entrepreneurs like even with me like you know they've been so kind and so generous and I just think oh my god like this is so amazing like it's such a beautiful thing to feel support in it and to feel held especially when we're entrepreneurs and it's not easy being an entrepreneur and I think that yeah like and then I think you're so right like when when you 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 do see it you're like oh my god like this is amazing yeah so important to have it yeah yeah I really remember after my first kid was born when I started to hang out in groups of women more just it blew my mind I was like what why was this kept from me the whole time I thought like I didn't know this existed this is amazing um okay so one question I had for you was growing up either like growing up as a kid and as a teenager or even in your um like early 20s as you started to work did you ever imagine that you would be making the kind of money that you're making now oh my god no Ray like my upbringing for those people that don't know my story I my parents obviously Indian 
Um, when we were growing up, I grew up on the roughest street in my hometown. Just Google it now, Manchester Inn and Swindon. It is, I really want to do it before and after on Instagram. Um, my mum and dad used to work three jobs. So my mum used to get up at five o'clock, go to like a job at like five till seven, come home. My granddad used to take us to school and both of my mum and dad were, my mum was working three jobs. Oh my God, it makes me like so emotional thinking about it. But my dad was working two jobs. My brother had learning difficulties. So again, like this whole big thing about, oh, the son's got learning difficulties. Mm. And I was like the oldest. So there was so much, because my parents couldn't speak English. I ended up doing so much more for my mum and dad when I was little so I remember like going to my parents to my brother's parents evening at like five or six years of age and translating to my mum in Punjabi the teacher saying your son's got learning difficulties so he needs to go to another school yeah so really you know my background it was never it was never like everything was really stacked against me you know when you think about a system that's stacked against you like socioeconomically culturally you know all my all my dad's side of family all my cousins are boys so I was the only girl in my family and um yeah like I think about where I've come from and obviously my mum, bless her soul, but you know, her having her own money blocks, like money was a set and money was stressful. Yeah. Like, and I remember like, you know, in the nineties when my dad got laid off work and he mm-hmm. like was going to go on to job seekers and he was going, getting rejected from like jobs at McDonald's. Like money was stressful. Money was like a thing that wasn't freely available. Mm-hmm. And, really sort of like so my dad's brothers they're like they're incredible and my my, my dad's sister she's um they're, they're all self-made millionaires which wow. is amazing to watch like my aunt is such a big inspiration to me because if you see her typical Indian like auntie like you would never think that woman you know can't really speak English properly just wears like her lovely Indian clothes like you wouldn't think she's like a self-made millionaire but um yeah, like, oh my God, Ray, like when I started my business like a few years ago, I was like, I remember like speaking to Nicola from A Life More Inspired, like mm-hmm. I met her back in 2016. And I remember having a phone conversation with Nicola saying to her, if I just, if I can just make a thousand pounds a month, I will be so grateful and so happy. And my husband will be like not pressurizing me to get a full-time job like I will scale back on my expenses I just don't want to work for someone else I just want to do my own business I had no idea that like Jesus like no like no not not in like a million years yeah do you ever think now when you thought it was impossible to make a thousand pounds yes sometimes when I'm worrying about making a larger amount that month like for instance, like, for instance, I had my first 30k month this last year. And I'll think, you know what, Ray, do you remember when you thought it was impossible to make a thousand? Like, this is just your new version. Yeah. Of that Like now, and I know that some people listen to this going, I would just really like a thousand, but I yeah. kind of want this to be inspiring because we've both been there. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so I, 
it, it's so hard but like it becomes like you start to be like well I remember when it seemed impossible to make a thousand so maybe that like now I can just look at it with the same eyes of you know this is just a new thing to figure out yes I totally agree with that and I think that I think that if someone like me who had money blocks plus your Indian cultural money blocks mm. like you know all of that stuff layered on top and with a history of not having that much money and money you know I I, I remember like a time where I mean, I wasn't in huge, huge amounts of debt, but like I would would be living in my overdraft a lot, like after uni, yeah. because it just was like a, a normal thing for me to do. Um, from going from that to saving, like so, you know, saving, especially this year, saving a lot of money. Um, anything's possible, guys. Like if anyone's listening to this and thinking, oh my God, like I just want to get to 1K or 2K. Like seriously, like if I can do it, it just takes a lot of unraveling and unlearning. Where do you think you'd be if you hadn't had those family examples? Do you think that was a real key part of your kind of ability to change the story for yourself? Yeah, I think that all of those kind of hardships that I had as a child Mm -hmm. just made me really resilient. Mm -hmm. And I think I've secretly been a bit of a manifester when I was younger Mm. so like you know like all of those things that I did like I only realized this recently they weren't like normal things for a child to do you know (laughs) like you know I was filling out mortgage applications at 10 years of age like it's insane like you know like you do that for your parents yeah yeah so I would go along to like the mortgage appointments like with my mum when I was like 10 Mm. right so you know I knew how to do I knew the mortgage Mm. application process at the age of 11 like I knew how to do that so I think I'm really blessed that um I had those um I think it just made me so street aware like streetwise sorry and just really aware of um different people's cultural barriers and blocks and seeing my mum and dad and and I think that, you know, um, it's been such a blessing. Like, so a few years ago, I paid off, like, my mum and dad's mortgage. Like, it was like, it wasn't, you know, full disclosure. It was like a four-figure sum, but it was still, you know, um, like a large amount of money. And, like, last year, I took my mum to New York. She'd never been anywhere other than India or the um, or the UK. And we, like, lived it up at the Taj Hotel. It was amazing. Like... So I just think that, you know, like loads of people be listening to this and maybe they're going through like a really hard time now or maybe they've had loads of challenges this year, you know, because of COVID. And I just think your challenges make you who you are and, you know, the ability to just keep getting back up is such a gift. And I think it really builds that resilience muscle, which let's be really honest, we all need in business. Yes. Okay. So. What has 2020 taught you about business and the wider world? <laughs> I read that really quickly. Like I'd written it down. But you mentioned COVID there. So what what when you look back on this year, what lessons are you taking from it? I think that for 2020 and beyond, the biggest lesson I learned this year was you can be financially super comfortable, have a really successful business. 
um, you know, have the dream clients, the dream testimonials, but if at your core you're not happy with who you are or there's lots of kind of underlying, and I think a lot of successful entrepreneurs have this, underlying kind of self-esteem, self-worth, confidence issues, and if your relationships aren't thriving, then I think everything else is kind of irrelevant. So for me this year, I really had to work on so much stuff around. And I think, you know, lots of successful female entrepreneurs don't talk about this, but I think on some level, we've all got self-worth issues, self-esteem issues, confidence issues. And I think a lot of female entrepreneurs, like, because they're so focused and they're so ambitious, their relationships really struggle. Yeah. Their marriages, like, you know, marriages fall apart or, you know, marriages, just horrible things happen. And I think that what I've learned is when I'm thriving in areas like my relationships, like, you know, like my self-care, my wellness, my mental health, my confidence, my self-esteem, it just has such a beautiful impact on my business. So, I mean, me and my husband, we kind of done like lockdown before because we used to live in Canada. That's another thing I manifested, another story for another day. So we've done like bitter winters, minus 40 outside indoors a lot. So we've been like, so, like this year, we're like, we've been at like more than good, you know? Um, but what I realized, Ray, is like for 2021, like, I want to be focusing on things like more on like self-care, more on like unlearning, more on mindset, more on relationships and just having like, you know, I just, I I think there's been times this year where I've really overworked, Mm. especially when two of my masterminds started on the day of lockdown, which was like absolutely crazy, like March, whatever it was, like 23rd, 30th, I had two masterminds start that day. Yeah which, you know, when we're, we're holding space for so many people, we need to be able to hold space for ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and I've always had, like, I find this really diff- a real difficult notion to deal with because of my cultural stuff. But, you know, when people are like, do less, be more, um, you know, you, it's all ease and flow. But I do want to have more of that in 2021. But that's my biggest lesson. Mm, yeah I hear you definitely I think as well like you know in terms of I think a lot of people will relate to 2020 being a year where they worked too much I remember when it first started and a few of my relatives were like oh when lockdown happened they're like you'll be able to hang out with the boys and I was like no no I won't I'll have to be working because I don't qualify for any of the assistance business hasn't been impacted like you know unless I had stopped selling but things continued to sell which is amazing and don't wrong and no way am I saying that's a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. But we like there was almost like a fight, flight or freeze response. I think that happened. Yeah. Like, a number of entrepreneurs went into fight mode and just yes. like, worked really and hard. We, we held it. It felt like yeah. I held it. I don't know about you, right? But I held it from like March yeah. till like August. Yes. I'd say I took off like nearly a month in August. And I came back and I still had to take, I think I took a week off in October. I'm taking three weeks off for Christmas. But I think so many of us, like, and I think also this year, like, 
it's all fallen on the women. So, so much of it, especially if you're Asian or Indian, like, God, the first thing is, oh, the women will pick up the, the cooking, the cleaning, the kids, you know, all of that stuff. And I think that burnout, entrepreneurial burnout is real. Mm-hmm. And because so many of us, we can't go, you know, I normally travel a lot. We yeah. can't go on any, like, you can obviously go on holiday, but it's not as easy to go yeah. on holidays or do overnight stays or do spa days. So it is, a, it's, it's, it's been a tricky old one. <laughs> it's also that extra emotional labor of like, you know, one of the things that brings me joy is to go for a spa day or go for a mm. facial, but I can't just like, and I can do that, but there's also that, is it all right to do that? Should I be doing that? I know there are, are they even open? Like there's yeah. also, normally be like, pick up the phone. Have it. I got my mask? Yeah. <laughs> I got my hands on Yeah. And I, I'm not saying, you know, cumulatively, that's exhausting. I know that when um, it first kicked off, just going to the to the um, supermarket, like you were having to navigate, like, where are people? Should I be breathing? What am I doing? I know, I know. Get back, because my husband does all of that sort of stuff, but he'd get back and he's like, oh my God, I'm just, all I've done is gone to the shop. I feel like I've, like, done some kind of, like, crystal maze assault course. No, crypto <laughs> practice. <laughs> it was like that. Still is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So now I've got Brené Brown style. Quick oh, oh. So let's go to those. Um, oh, I thought of one earlier and I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> it's like, that is basically like, welcome to my brain. I had a thought, it's gone. Um, so let me find them. Here we go. So finish this sentence for me. Money is? Freedom. What is your favourite book, business or otherwise, that you've read recently? Oh, uh, dollars flow to me by um I can't remember his it's a male author but I can't remember his surname a really great book nice um the impact of more women making money is um the impact of m- m- women making more money is um an in- incredible impact on local and global communities love that okay this is one of my favorite questions it's not about money if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it be <laughs> we have this debate in my house a lot so i just wanted to add it in so what just like 24 7 if i just had to eat that thing or yeah I mean, if you eat 24-7, I tend to take a break while I'm asleep. <laughs> I think it would be tandoori hot pizza from Domino's. <laughs> I love that. I've never had that one. <laughs> love that, okay. The cultural spin on that there. I know, I love that. Like, I really mixed the two things there. Okay, best bit of money advice or business advice you've ever received? Best money advice I ever received is I know this is really controversial but it fits in with what I'm you know my trailer thought for wealth building Mm. it's um it's not how much you earn it's how much you spend Mm. (laughs) and that's really helped me to save and generate wealth um best business advice I ever got god that is such a difficult one best of business advice I ever got was it's not always going to be easy but it always be worth it nice nice love it thank 
you, Sean. Thank you very much. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? And also, I know that you've just finished a launch, but what Mm. we probably won't be putting this out till next year. So what you've got coming up, maybe over 2021, so people can. Yeah, so you can find me. I've got a free Facebook group, All Entrepreneurs Welcome. It's called the Asian Female Entrepreneur Collective. I'm also on Instagram on Asian underscore female underscore entrepreneur. And I will be having some super exciting stuff in 2021 around money and mindset for Asian women. Exciting. I love that that you're owning that because I'm sure you know this about me, but it took me ages to own the money bit. Ages. I know. And, and even now, and I might have said this on the last podcast that I recorded as well, even now. So at the moment, it says on my Instagram bio, money and business coach. And I might take out the business. Do it, bro. Do it. I know there's not enough women talking about money. This is the thing. Even with, you know, white coaches and white women, yeah. we need more women talking about money yeah. because it's just, it's so important. And I guess, you know, I'll just really quickly share a story um I went to a business event last year it was like a charity event um the money was going towards charity but it was a business event it was amazing and they had this panel of women um like four or five mothers who were business owners but also were single mums and they all shared a story of how they were like dependent on their husbands for money and the husband was in control and something had happened. Like, I don't know, the husband left them or he cheated or it just didn't work out. And they were saying, like, even some of them overnight went from, like, living in a beautiful house, financially secure, like, husband paying it for everything to, like, literally, like, what am I, what the hell am I going to do? Because I haven't got my own money and I'm not in control of the finances. And that was, like, such a... It was like a penny drop moment for me because I was like, although I've got my own money and I'm not reliant on my husband, that was like the moment where I was like, I need to make sure that I save even more for like the worst case scenario ever. And I just think we all, as women, we need to become financially empowered and independent. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's very similar to how I ended up running my business because it turned out we had no money and I didn't know about it so yes very oh my god too and I was literally like oh oh what have I been doing this whole time so yeah it's amazing to to have that sense of assurance that you know and I, I did um I think I wrote a post on this maybe I even did a podcast episode on it just about the fact that you know when we are running our businesses we are learning how to make money and no one can take that skill away from you yeah yeah the economy could change your business could you know look at what's happening with the high street and the way that that's things. but if you have learned the skills to make money you can take that elsewhere it might take you time I'm not suggesting that means that people are never in need but that's a skill that we learn but we act like I think this is what I did the podcast on we act like it's like winning the lottery like every time we get money it's like oh look I've got money it's like no you have your skills have all intersected to allow you to do that um, and it's a skill that's absolutely worth honing and growing all the time yeah absolutely and I think also that is so important but also how you're spending your money you know because of my mum bless her you know I saw her kind of 
sometimes she would spend so badly. And I think a lot of people have a lot of shame around, you know, it's like emotional eating. It's like emotional spending. Mm -hmm. So, ah, so much juicy content for 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, find Sean on the, um, we'll put everything you said in the um, show notes and also anybody else that we've mentioned and stuff people can find there. So yeah, thanks for listening. And thank you, Sean, for coming on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.